the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You know, I was about to mention to our guest this week, John Olson, that I've never, ever been to Utah. I might have flown over it, but I've never been there. What am I missing? Oh, lots. We've got so many different things here in Utah. It's it's amazing, not just paranormal, but the landscape and the beauty is, is amazing. So uh, we're kind of nestled here out in the middle of the western United States, and it's really a wonderful place to live, to be honest. Well, nowadays you can't go anywhere because the world has changed. Like, I wanted to visit my son in Spain. And I'd have to first quarantine myself for two weeks. Right, exactly. Yeah, the the world is just so different right now. And, and you wonder when we're ever going to get back to normal or if we're ever going to get back to normal. So, I was talking to somebody at the convenience store and he was having trouble adjusting his mask. Of course, he had a beard, not like your beard, which is, you know, you know finely uh, adjusted and anything like a really big, long, brown beard. And right. he said it gets irritating, and I was discussing different kinds of masks that he could get. And I said, eventually, this has got to be over. And he says, it'll never be over. It's going to be that way. And I thought to myself, you know what? Our problem is here is that in this particular universe of ours, we've been talking about the possibility that we're being visited by alien beings. E.T. is amongst us somewhere, and that eventually they'll land or there will be disclosure. And I think if E.T. is here, what do they think of us? What would aliens think of this, these crazy lunatic earthlings? Yeah, exactly. That's what I, I was thinking that the other day. In the little area that I live, masks became such a polarizing thing between people. And to be honest, in my mind, I'm like, whether I believe it helps or it doesn't help, whatever, you know, how is that a bad thing to just have to wear a mask? Maybe it's terrible for me to think that way, but I just couldn't believe that a little piece of cloth could be so polarizing for people. Well, it's symbolic. There's yeah, there's some really good reasons on both sides of the fence. When it comes to masks, it's obvious that in high-risk situations and locations that they're sensible. If mm-hmm. you're visiting an old folks' home, if you work in a hospital right. or a medical clinic, something like that. But apart from that, what we know about the disease itself now is that it's just not as bad as we thought it could be at the very beginning. So all of the fear about what could happen is carried over. And I think really turned into a bit of hysteria over the whole thing. There's just places where it's not needed. Here in Alberta, the chief medical officer uh, says, well, we don't need a province-wide mask law because the virus just isn't everywhere, for one thing. Brandon, we're not going to do a show on masks, but I just want to throw one thing out at you. I agree it's not essential, but any locale where the infection rate's above a certain point, you've got to take precautions. If you're living in an area where it's very, very low, then the amount of precautions you take would be a lot less. That's not even here nor there, because we can't do anything about it right now except control it where it needs to be controlled, which is where we have the debate. And, you know, I think, though, about alien beings coming to Earth 
and looking at us and wondering. And I have the feeling is that if there are beings in other worlds that are in some ways similar to us, maybe we all come from the same genetic pool. Just think about that, and, and that's frightening enough as it is. If we all come from similar or the same genetic pools, they're undergoing the same things we are. And they've gone through it or it's still going through it. They are no better. Why should we assume because living creatures have a more sophisticated bag of tricks, they can travel from star system to star system, that they are morally any better than we are, or that they even have a set of standards and principles that we could even understand. Yeah, I I would agree with that too. Yeah, just depending upon how far advanced they are and um, how their upbringing through their civilization was, you know, they probably face a lot of the similar things that we do. Maybe they face things that we can't even imagine either. So it's really fun to think about, though. You're living in an interesting place, too. Cache Valley is just over the mountain range from the San Luis Valley, by the looks of it here. It's a little bit over, yep. But both are really high in incidences of paranormal activity. You're also situated to some national forests and national parks there. It looks like an absolutely beautiful area, but these areas seem to be known for that sort of thing. Why do you think that is? You've been all over the United States talking to to people, uh, particularly, though, in the western United States. What is it about these uh, wild areas that seems to make it more prevalent for weird, strange things to happen? You know, it, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I was going over, you know, some of my case files and everything, and it surprised me how many of them occurred, you know, in wilderness areas or out in um, the mountains. And even when I expanded and started getting stories from around the country and around the Americas, a lot of them were central in in mountain ranges. And, you know, I'm not quite sure why that would be unless uh, – one thing that I had thought of is when you're in the mountains, when you're camping, when you're hiking and everything like that, there's a lot of background noise that kind of falls away in our life. Perhaps that opens up uh, for us to be able to be in touch with of that more of a spiritual side, maybe more of a, a paranormal side, because it is it is quieter for us. It's kind of a a almost a primeval thing for us since, you know, our ancestors had to make a living out there. And, and that could be a way that the paranormal is able to connect with us out there in, in the wilderness. Here books, you've got books called the Bridgerland series, Bridgerland, <laughs> Stranger Bridgerland. Tell us what Bridgerland is, what it's all about, how it got that name. Uh, because I, I think probably there's a lot of people that really, they, they don't know what or exactly where it is. So um, the northern part of Utah and, and, and actually a little bit into Wyoming and a little bit into Idaho, the northern part um, has the name of Bridgerland. And where it got that name, um, it was uh, originally 
um, scouted out by the um, trappers that came up here. And uh, one of the main trappers, his name was Jim Bridger. And uh, if you've ever seen the movie uh, that Leonardo DiCaprio did as when he was a trapper, um, one of the characters in there, that's based on a true story. And one of the characters, the young man, uh, one of the young men in there, his name is Jim Bridger. And that's actually based on the real Jim Bridger. Um, he trapped this area, got to know the Native Americans, um, he mapped the area, and then was later able to give directions and help um, a lot of the settlers that came in, uh, the best places to stay and everything like that. So they ended up calling the area Bridgerland because of that. Um, in fact, uh, Utah State, which is here in um, Cache Valley, and uh, the University of Wyoming, uh, when they play football, they fight over Jim, uh, a replica of Jim Bridger's rifle, and they call it the, the Bridger um, Trophy. And so it's really steeped into – Oh, pardon me, into the, the whole culture of, of northern Utah, and, and that's why it's called Bridgerland. And when I started originally, um, it was all, you know, it was almost 30 years ago, and so I didn't have the internet. I didn't have all of this way to get in touch with a lot of people. So most of the stories that I gathered and the people that came to me came from this area because this is where I grew up. Bridgerland is a place, and the investigator is John Olson. And he'll also be hanging with us, I believe, for after the Paracast. So this is just going to be a lot of fascinating stuff to tell. And he's giving us the background of the area in which he lives. More to come with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Attention radio listeners, have you ever wanted to be independent of the utility companies and actually generate your own supply of off-grid electrical power? If so, this is going to be the most important message you'll ever hear. Here's why. A limited number of solar-powered backup generators are back in stock and now available. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving electrical power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, a solar generator runs quietly, emits no fumes, and produces an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. It's like having an electric power plant running silently, secretly, in your own home. Run sump pumps, shortwave radios, computers, even keep food from spoiling. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more. That's MySolarBackup.com. Supplies are still limited and are available on a first-come, first-served basis only. MySolarBackup.com
Seven million children suffer from asthma more than any other chronic disease. Most asthma attacks are caused by allergic reactions to allergens, including those left behind by cockroaches and mice. In fact, 82% of U.S. households contain mouse allergens, and cockroaches are found in up to 98% of urban homes. How can you protect your family? Find out at PestWorld.org. A message from the National Pest Management Association and the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. There's so much hand sanitizer on the market, but beware, not all hand sanitizers are created equal. That's why you want to use 2020 Safe Hand Sanitizer. You can trust the hand sanitizer on 2020safe.net to be made with the highest quality ingredients, American-made with American ingredients, employing Americans. Log on now to 2020safe.net and order your one liter today. Normally $29.99, but reduced to $19.99. So hurry while supplies last and receive a bonus. That's right. You'll receive a 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, a $39.95 value, free, by using code GCN at checkout. Right now, click 2020safe.net. That's 2020safe.net to get our one-liter bottle of high-quality hand sanitizer with your free bonus. A 30-count bottle of Immune Booster valued at $39.95. Remember to enter GCN at checkout. And the bonus is yours, free, 2020safe.net. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Just to let you know, we are encountering the usual sky follies. Microsoft does not want us to explore the mysteries of Bridgerland that John Ellison is telling us about. But you're giving us kind of the background about the area and your familiarity and how you got involved in looking for the strange and unknown. And a lot of these regions, like Mysterious Valley and everything, seem to be magnets for stuff like this. Is that what you've observed, John? Yeah, I've noticed that, you know, for example, one of the stories that um, I collected and and uh, interviewed people that the places that it happened would have names like Devil's Gate or Scare Canyon. Even though nobody can remember why they were called that, there's uh, paranormal things that happen in that area, which makes sense of why it would be called that, Scare Canyon, the Devil, Devil's Gate, and, and different stuff like that. So it's really interesting how, in a lot of way, folklore and actual paranormal seem to intertwine. Yeah, it's not like that. This was any sort of you know area where there was big civil war unrest or anything like that. This is kind of a wilderness area. 
Mm-hmm, it is. Yep. It, it has a rich uh, history with the Native Americans and with the pioneers that came here and, and stuff like that. But as the world stage goes, no, you know, not a lot of big battles or stuff like that that, that went on in the area. I think the movie you were referring to, was that The Revenant with DiCaprio? Yes, it is. Really a different kind of movie for him. Uh, Very good movie, too. I think they filmed some of that up here in Alberta, too. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, it's very similar country, actually, uh, depending on where you go in Alberta, of course. Right. And the time of year, of course, is is important, too. So that's kind of how Bridgerland got its name and, and kind of the the paranormal things that, that I've noticed in, in the wilderness. When I, how I started getting into the paranormal, um, I grew up in a home that was over 100 years old uh, at the time. It was built in 1883. Uh, it had been in my family for quite a, a couple generations. And um, it was very paranormally active. When I was younger, my parents didn't like us talking about it. And so I needed an outlet. And so I did a lot of studying on the paranormal when I was younger. And then later on, when I was able in my teens and was able to share my stories and get that out, I would have people come to me with their stories when they heard that I was, you know, had had similar experiences. And that's kind of how I started out with uh, collecting stories and interviewing people. That's really quite fascinating. Yeah, I remember when you were on the show last time, you were telling us about some of your experiences, but we should probably remind some of our listeners and uh, maybe let some of our newer listeners in on some of these experiences you had in the home where you grew up. So it, it was interesting. When we when I was younger, I have an older sister. Uh, she's about four years older than me, and then a younger brother that's about a year younger than me. And um, we kind of coined the term for the phenomenon as the stair monster because during the day and any time during the day, there was a, a steep set of stairs that goes from the main floor to the, the second floor where my bedroom was. And you could hear heavy footsteps or children's footsteps running up and down the stairs all the time, not just at night. And so we kind of called it the stair monster. We we referred to the ghost as the stair monster. Um, that was one of the more common things that happened. A few other things that would happen is that I touch on in this book too, is I remember as a little kid, I went into the kitchen and I had a little toy plane with me that I'd been playing with. And I set it on the counter and turned and got me, got a drink of water. And when I turned back, my plane was gone off the counter, but in its place was a toy gun that I'd never seen before. And I picked it up and it was really heavy. And I remember going to my mom and and saying, you know, I put my plane down and my plane is gone. And now there's this, this gun. And she looked at it and it was a really old, you know, made of metal cap gun from the twenties. And it was in pristine condition too. And she just brushed it off and said, I must've misplaced it. And so, you know, I, Played with that for a little while, and I think it was about two days later, I walk into the kitchen, and there sitting where I left it was my plane, and I couldn't find the little cap gun again. So uh, that was one thing that, that happened quite a bit to me and my siblings is you could set something down, and there was no guarantee it would be there. Shortly thereafter, it would just disappear. I found that really strange and you know unusual growing up. I did on a couple occasions see a a tall figure. Uh, He always had overalls and a wide-brimmed hat and a white shirt, 
but I could never see fully his face. And one time I remember I was just come home from school and was sitting in the, the front room. I just made myself a sandwich and he walked into the front room in front of me and sat down in a rocking chair across from me and started rocking in the chair. And I remember closing my eyes and counting to 10 and he was gone, but the chair continued to rock for a moment and then stop. So there was a lot of things like that that went on when I was younger. And in fact, my parents still live in that home and uh, I go visit, you know, quite a bit to see my parents and there's still um, quite a bit of activity that goes on to this day. I write in this, in my new book of a story that happened about six months ago, I went over to visit my parents um, before I picked up my son from school and their car wasn't in the driveway. And so I, I just went in, I figured I'd wait for them and uh, opened the back door and walked in and I yelled, um, I'm home, you know, like I do just in case my dad had left uh, my mom at home and I didn't startle her in the front room. And I hear my dad's voice from the front room say, we're in here. And so I, I walk into the front room and sure enough, there's nobody there. The TV's turned off. Um, everything's turned off. All that's in there is my mom's dog, um, her little shih tzu sitting on the couch And so I just kind of brush it off and I had a book with me. So I sat down in the chair and started reading the book. And about 15 minutes later, I heard the back door open and close in the kitchen. And I hear my dad's voice say, we're home. And so I get up and I go into the into the kitchen. Sure enough, there's nobody there. I go look out the window. Their car isn't in the driveway. And so I go back into the front room and start reading my book again. And again, the door opens, slams. I hear my dad yell, we're home. And this time I get up, I go in the, in the kitchen. And again, there's nobody there. And this time, as I'm looking out the window to see if the car's there, I hear somebody laughing behind me in the, in the front room, directly behind me. And... Um, as I grew up in this and I know what it is and it really doesn't frighten me, I just kind of in, you know, in a, a sarcastic voice just said out loud, oh, haha, you got me again. And I went back in and sat down in the front room and then uh, sure enough, a few minutes later, the door opens and I hear my dad and I just stayed in the front room reading my book. And then he came walking into the front room and it was actually my dad. And he said, didn't you hear me come in? And I said, yeah, but I wasn't really sure it was you. And he kind of gave me a funny look. And then I explained to him <laughs> that the ghost, the ghost had been playing tricks. So, and that was just six months ago. So there, there's always stuff that goes on. We've got more stuff going on here, by the way. And we're talking about... Our friend John Olson talking about the fact that he had a ghost experience just six months ago, not, you know, 26 years or something like that. Well, I'm going to talk about with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, I'm Jamil Bookaboo from teamgaday.com 
and the GCN Longevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. Go to teamgaday.com via the shopping cart or contact form, and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's teamgaday.com with longevity. Teamgaday.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. President Trump visited areas of Texas and Louisiana hit hard by Hurricane Laura. At the Emergency Operations Center in Orange, Texas, the president held a round table with local officials. Uh, we've worked with the private sector to restore power to remaining 200,000 residents, and they think the power is going to be restored almost uh, in very good order. Pretty quick. I believe, yeah, I believe so. He said water and meals are being delivered to the region. He also signed a major disaster declaration. Earlier, he toured storm damage in Louisiana. Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden gave a virtual address to the National Guard. I promise you as president, I'll never put you in the middle of politics or personal vendettas. I'll never use the military as a prop or as a private militia to violate rights of fellow citizens. This is USA Radio News. President Trump is back on the campaign trail and USA's Kenneth Burns has details. The president hit the road less than a day after accepting the Republican nomination. As he was giving his acceptance speech as part of the RNC on the White House South Lawn, protesters took to the street. The president criticized protesters during the rally at an airport in Londonbury, New Hampshire. They're not protesters. Those aren't protesters. Those are anarchists. They're agitators. They're rioters. They're looters. For USA Radio News, I'm Kenneth Burns. U.S. Marshals say they found 39 missing children in Atlanta and Macon, Georgia. Investigators cleared 26 arrest warrants, including warrants for nine people arrested, and filed additional charges for alleged crimes related to sex trafficking, parental kidnapping, registered sex offender violations, drugs and weapon possessions, and custodial interference. You're listening to USA Radio News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. It's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Well, I think and I hope that the Skype problems are gone. You've noticed now during the pandemic that everyone's using Zoom or Skype to make a connection for interviews. 
And the problem is the quality of those connections are often really bad. Mm-hmm. So they sound like they're talking in the middle of a tank of water. Right. Like that. <laughs> Imagine now you're talking to a candidate for public office and he's talking back at you or she's talking back at you and you get. <laughs> and I can do that forever because some people think I talk that way all the time. But actually, yeah, you did that really well, Gene. That's, that was not bad. Yeah, I, I understand that there's a, an app for that. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't need one. Oh. I resemble tough. that. Anyway, <laughs> my other imitation, by the way, is Bon James Bond. By the way, Sean Connery's 90. Yeah, I saw that the other day. That's crazy. Well, people live to be 90. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I just wouldn't have guessed he was that old, but I guess we're all getting older, so. I think we should recap a little bit there because that's pretty interesting. Uh, what you've got is a situation where you've got like a doppelganger or vordogger what they, is what they call the, the apparitions or the appearance of people that are in another location. Had that happen with me, not that I've experienced that, but somebody else, actually my son, thought that I came in the house one day and came down to where he was working on the computer and was like mucking around in the basement. And then I went out, but I wasn't even there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I came home a little while later and he says, like, what were you doing? Like, I said, I just got back. He says, well, I thought I saw you come down the stairs. I said, no, it wasn't me. Don't know who it was. Well, it looked like you. So, you know. It's interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it makes you wonder, some of it could be like a glitch in the Matrix, or is it – I know that in, in, in my case – it is actually the um, the ghost that is mimicking, and it, because he he loves to play and has always loved to play pranks on people, and so that at least that's my feeling, is that it, especially with the laugh that came after the the second time I went in there, but it's it's really kind of a fascinating thing that happens like that. This is very much like what Christopher O'Brien, our former co-host uh, and another excellent researcher, who's done work in uh, what we started talking about earlier, the San Luis Valley across the range from you, Mm -hmm. that he calls the trickster. Oh, yeah. It just happens a lot in that area down there. Uh, And is there any uh, other people experience this? Or is it more, I guess so, because the whole area you say is rife with these sort of phenomena so maybe tell us about some experiences that you talk to when you're out investigating so there's been uh, a lot in in the area like you say it, it seems to be a, a paranormal hotspot um cash valley and but what's interesting is as i you know interview people from all over uh, a lot of people are like oh you need to visit my area because it's it's a paranormal hotspot too and and so you know it makes you wonder how many there is out there. But um, some of the more fascinating ones uh, that I've gotten from the area that I live in is, well, in actually in my second book, one of the stranger ones that I came across uh, was an individual. He was deer hunting in the mountains and just sitting there glassing with his binoculars. And a strange uh, individual showed up out of nowhere below him in an opening and he didn't see him walk in. He was wondering what was going on. He was in a strange uh, suit, orange, uh, orange suit. 
And when he went down and talked to the individual, he was tall, didn't have any hair that he could see, no eyebrows or anything like that. And he spoke very strange. Uh, he said, oh, I seem to have misplaced myself. Um, and he says, oh, are you lost? And he's like, oh, yes, lost. I'm lost. He goes, can you tell me where the nearest township is? And and he explained to him how to get to the road to get out of there. And he was in the mountains in a suit and a bowler hat kind of thing and a suitcase and peered out of nowhere. In that whole interaction, the person, uh, he was about 19 at the time, and the guy left him and he went back. And in that whole interaction, which seemed really hazy to him, he lost a couple, two hours of time that he couldn't account for. So that was definitely one of the more stranger things that had happened in the mountains of, of Cache Valley. That sounds like some sort of uh, what some people call a, like a dimensional portal or yeah. I mean, I'm not sure dimensional is really the right word, but that's the way that people describe it is is like a passageway from another universe or a parallel universe uh, into this one. And that is really interesting. Yeah, it was strange. And he he, he mentioned too the the smell of. Um, he said the closest thing that he could explain it was uh, an ozone kind of smell in the area when this all occurred, too. So, yeah, it was very strange the way the, the guy had shown up and, and how he looked and the missing time. Everything seemed very strange. And that's kind of what I was leaning towards, too, in talking to this individual that that he had met somebody who just walked through a, a portal or a, a traveler of some sort. But What about people from this side going into another one and then coming back or who believe that they've come from another dimension or universe or parallel universe. I mean, this glitch in the matrix thing happens. I know for sure it happens. Mm-hmm. It happened to three, the three of us to, to my, myself and two friends when we were about 12 up mm-hmm. and out, uh, well, actually out in Invermere, which is in the Columbia Valley, which is another really strange valley. It seems like these wild valley places are magnets for bizarre happenings. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's really interesting the things that that happen like that. Um, I know um, I've interviewed several people who have been in the mountains. Um, actually, I, I had a very similar situation that happened to me. Um, I was up uh, hunting one day um, and. I had separated from my dad and we were going to go down different sides of the mountain and, and meet. And I walked into a, a clearing and it was almost like I walked into a vacuum. All sound stopped. I couldn't hear anything. Nothing was moving. And it was just the feeling of uh, just like fear and just a primal fear of, you know, there's something here. I'm somewhere I'm not supposed to be. And it just got thicker and thicker as I walked into basically this bubble that was inside of this, this, um, this patch of clearing. And, and eventually as I walked through the feeling got better and, and finally the sound came back and everything. But um, I wonder, and I've interviewed several people in, in that very, close area that they've come into contact with this. And I often wonder if somehow I wasn't and they weren't walking near one of these portholes or really close to it. Um, and it was distorting, um, you know, whatever it is that, that it distorts, but it's very interesting that way. I'm sure, um, there's people who have accidentally walked into them and may or may not made it their way back out of these portals. 
You raise a whole bunch of interesting possibilities there, and I want to ask about that as we progress. But let me start with that. So we assume the portal is always active and that maybe you would find yourself inside one by accident? Um, I don't know, to be honest. I know that when I had my experience, um, that later I went back to that same area. I had to kind of build up my... my uh, <laughs> Uh, my courage to go back to the area later. And when I went back, there wasn't anything there. So I don't know if it was just open at the time, if there was some, you know, something uh, that was moving. I'm not sure, but um, it makes you wonder with all of the people that go missing um, in the wilderness that are never found. Uh, it makes you wonder if uh, something's not using the porthole to come in and out of our universe or, you know, again, I'm just speculating, but um, just with the interviewing the people that I have, I, I uh, mentioned in my la my last book, Stranger West, a gentleman who was in the mountains sitting having lunch in his Jeep, and he saw an individual something run down the path towards his Jeep. And we'll continue this person who was seen. More to come with John and Gene and Randall. You're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build the red corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. 
So the tea is great for healthy people, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. A one-pound package of tea is $34.95 plus shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. That's shop, S-H-O-P, super, S-U-P-E-R-T-T-E-A dot com. So the complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5 California time. That's shopsupertea.com at 818-984-6100. I'm here with Scott Uceum, founder of OMG Tax. Tell us how your company helps our listeners out there who have a problem with the IRS. My team of lawyers, enrolled agents, and licensed tax experts remove wage garnishments sometimes in the same day. We even have reduced the total debt some of our clients were required to pay through what is known as an offer in compromise. Can you give us an example of somebody you help? Oh, can I ever? We have taken a $500,000 liability with the IRS Guess what? The client didn't pay a dime through the representation known as non-collectible status with the government. If you owe the IRS more than $10,000 and you want to see if it's possible to pay a lot less, call OMG Tax right now for a free tax-saving consultation. Call 800-486-8112. 800-486-8112. That's 800-486-8112. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So he's in the Jeep and he sees this guy running. Was it a normal guy or what? So what it was, was he, he said, you know, when I'm interviewing, he says it's it's a guy, but it's not a guy. And I said, can you explain it to me? And he said, have you ever seen the movie Predator? And I said, of course I have. And he goes, it looked like when the Predator is um, cloaked and everything is just kind of like a, a kaleidoscope of the stuff that's behind him. And he explained that came down the path, ran right in front of his Jeep, less than five feet in front of his Jeep. And he got the feeling that it was somebody or something that was in cloaked like that ran across up and then disappeared into the tree line. So it's kind of strange what could be out there and what exactly could be using those portals, who could, you know, where are all the missing people going? It's 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 kind of interesting. And like I say, I'm mostly just speculating because I can just take the stories and the things that, that I have seen and, and try and go from there. Well, this sounds a lot like uh, cloaking technology to me. This sounds like aliens. I mean <laughs> – I'm not saying it's aliens, but it was, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but it, the thing is, it just adds up so many times when you start thinking about the kind of technology that could explain a lot of paranormal phenomena. Something like a, a cloaking suit or cloaking technology could certainly do that. It could, if you have an alien craft that's invisible and then you've got the ability to levitate things, you can make all of these phenomena happen. Using that sort of technology, it becomes an illusion and right. a magic trick. I mean, if you can ma- make yourself disappear, you can probably make yourself look like anything you want as well. Mm-hmm. Right? It wouldn't be that hard. And these places, perfect place to land a ship. You know, nobody right. can see it. It's out there. I think they did that in Star Trek, right, Gene? They they got a hold of a 
Klingon bird of prey and landed it in one of the parks. Star Trek for the Voyage Home, yep. directed by Leonard Nimoy. They go back in time to get some humpback whales. Yep. And they land in San Francisco in a park, the bird of prey. And I kept wondering here, it's landed, it's got the cloaking device on, and nobody bumps into it? <laughs> you think people would be bumping into it all the time. The other thing is here, too, that always bothered me about that. We're talking about the 23rd century. And the only race of people to have this device is what? The Klingons? And the cloaking device comes from the Romulans? But nobody else has this technology. I'm going to show my nerd here because (laughs) I'm a huge Star Trek fan. And (laughs) live long and prosper. And prosper. I can tell you the reason that the... This oh man, I'm really showing my true color share. The reason that the, they didn't have it is because they had a treaty with those other two that said they wouldn't develop it. They wouldn't develop the cloaking technology. So, and like I say, now I've shown my real nerd that I that I knew that. So, yeah, but that's perfect. Um, I've been watching some <laughs> some of the uh, Star Trek original series reruns as if I hadn't already seen them enough times. But uh, they're the digitally remastered ones, and they're pretty cool. You know, they've really upgraded special effects, and it's like watching the show all over again. But, yeah, I mean, Kirk stole the thing, didn't he, from back in the original series? So they have the technology. Yeah. I think at one point they even install it on one of their ships, but, you know, only temporarily. Mm, right. Well, the bird of prey in this particular case was acquired in Star Trek Three. Right, where Doctor, where Doctor Emmett Brown from Back to the Future played a Klingon. That's right. right. I do remember that. Yep. He was good at that. I mean, he's a really funny guy, Christopher Lloyd. He made a terrific Klingon. Yeah. He and did. one of the that best lines in the film was when Captain Kirk. He's trying to climb back up, and Kirk says, I have had enough of you. <laughs> and his, yep, and kicks him off. He kicks him off this ledge. This is some of William Shatner's best overacting. I'll give you something else before we get back to your stories about cloaking devices and everything. If you ever saw Chris Pine's acting in the original Wonder Woman movie that came out a yes. couple of years ago, Boy, was he trying hard to act like Shatner. <laughs> yeah, yep. He did a good job as as uh, Kirk in the new movies, I thought anyway. I, I know some people didn't necessarily like him, but I thought he did a good job. So I didn't like Spock because he didn't have the personality. Mm-hmm. Leonard Nimoy had a certain kind of irony in the way he would act. The person who does the best is actually the one who's going to be doing it in the spinoff to Star Trek Discovery, Ethan Peck. But he comes, of course, from an acting family. His grandfather was Gregory Peck. He makes a terrific Spock. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked him, too. He did a really good job. No attack of Zachary Quinto is a great actor. He just did not nail Spock. Mm, Yeah. You know, Leonard Nimoy, I, I just remember not only Star Trek, but... Because I was so into the paranormal and I always have been, uh, being younger and, and watching the In Search of, the original In Search of with, with Leonard Nimoy in it. And, and so that's just got a special place in my heart, Leonard Nimoy, because of those two things. So It was interesting here that both Nimoy and Shatner had careers after the first Star Trek. 
Mm -hmm. And the others kind of sort of didn't. Yeah. Yep. Well, and it was interesting, too, because Leonard Nimoy did In Search Of, and now um, uh, what's what's his name is doing the new Unexpected unexplained show on on tv i can't remember what if it's called the unexplained anyway but they both kind of did paranormal stuff so well let's get back to the portal i want to ask about that are we suggesting here the portals are part-time things they sometimes are there and sometimes they're not or do we imply it's deliberate you know i don't know i i would almost think that they're not there all the time, so it's got to be maybe deliberate in a way that they're, or at least some way that they're transporting back and forth, or, you know, it's 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 hard to tell. Um, I know that whatever was there when I went the first time, it wasn't there the second time, but whether that was on purpose or, or not, I, I'm not sure. And and I don't I don't know one hundred percent sure that I I walked near a portal. I just know how I felt when I was in that area and how disorienting it was and and how unnatural it was. Well, you made the terrace on the back of my neck stand on, and when you were telling me that, because I've experienced exactly that that silence, mm-hmm. and it's a change. It's a, it's an electric aura or atmosphere. Everything takes on a, a completely different tone right uh, it, it's it's almost it, it's not something you can really explain unless you experience it but i've only really experienced that out in the wilderness or, or very remote places mm-hmm. uh, so yeah it, it's but what's really bizarre about this okay we have two maybe possibilities we have this idea that okay maybe it's aliens and they've got a, a ship and they're able to control gravity and that can do a lot of influencing of that sort of thing but then how does that explain the guy that you were just talking about who seems to appear out of a different universe or time with a suitcase and a bowler hat i mean this doesn't sound like aliens really i mean unless they're disguising themselves on purpose it's almost right. as if they're we could be dealing with two separate things there's there's the aliens that fly around in their ships in this universe and then there's something else some larger entity that is just playing with the whole thing yeah and going well i wonder what would happen if i just sort of take someone from this universe over here and cut and paste them into this one just to see what they would do yeah yeah it, it's it's that's I was just thinking that same thing um, could be, you know, two different, you know, completely different things. I know that they have talked about um, you. I'm sure you guys have heard of um, the uh, Skinwalker Ranch, um, and I've read several um, stories about them seeing portholes open and creatures and even crafts coming out of the portholes and then closing again. That's kind of a, a famous thing that has happened there. Skinwalker Ranch is also here in Utah. Um, but there's been several different in you know stories of people. First, they, they think it's just a bright light. And one, one in particular I know I read, um, he you know used binoculars to look at it because he thought it was a craft. But come to find out it was – uh, a hole like uh, uh, a hole out in the field and he watched a really strange creature crawl out of the hole from another universe and then close up again so well that's pretty weird but then again down there in in utah and arizona and in the mountains i mean we hear stories about underground bases that have their their surface entrances concealed or camouflaged in a way that you can't even tell that they're there mm-hmm. so you know maybe 
it's it's just something like that that you know really a lot more mundane. I am speaking from yeah. my bunker in Arizona. Speaking of Arizona, it's not a bunker. More to come with John Gene Randall. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S dot com. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Go to GCNteam.com or call 855-GCN-MALL. That's 855-426-6255. GCNteam.com or 855-426-6255. Lose weight and look great with ASAP as slim as possible. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So am I really speaking from a secret underground bunker somewhere in Mesa, Arizona? Riddle me this. No, that's the wrong series. No, I'm not. I'm just in an old apartment here. Let's proceed. Where do you think... That this is all going because, well, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves here a little bit, and we can touch on this a little bit more and after the Paracast, but I'd kind of like to, to get your impression at some point in the show about what it all adds up to. Because when we're experiencing these things for most of our life, we get a worldview that isn't like most people's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that people who haven't had these experiences or haven't looked into it or, or done much homework on it really understand the way that we look at the world. For right. us, the world is really, really different. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and you know, it's interesting because, you know, outside of 
the writing the books and and, and talking to people and, and uh, doing cons and and speaking with you guys um you know i lead a very normal life i coach football i you know i do you know all the other things and it's interesting when i run into people that were like oh you write books what are they about and i talk to them a little bit and they're like you seem so normal and i'm like well we really <laughs> are normal <laughs> you know it is normal but it's interesting because what I find is there's so many people who have had an experience and they keep it to themselves for so long because they are afraid that people are going to think they're crazy. And then they'll meet, you know, somebody like you guys or somebody like me that tells their story and they're like, wow, like exactly like that person said to me, you seem so normal. And, uh, then they feel open to tell the story, but going back to where it's going, I, you know, I'm not sure where it's going, but I'm, I get kind of excited when the news has a thing about the, the Navy finally, you know, saying, yes, we have these videos of flying saucers or the government releasing, you know, files about it and being more open about it. Um, I get kind of excited about the fact that we may be coming to disclosure at some point when the government finally says, yes, this is what we know. This is exactly what's going on. And so I, I hope we're kind of headed that way. Maybe, maybe I'm too optimistic because you know as we've we've said with the pandemic pandemic we've seen how people haven't really adjusted well maybe that's their fear uh, on letting us know exactly everything they know about ufos and uh, extra dimensional or, or anything like that cool. now yeah. one of these symptoms by the way is that you lose the ability to properly say pandemic pandemic yes <laughs> Yeah, that indicates something, but I haven't figured out whether it's a, a temporal issue or what. Right. <laughs> you see, I tend to think of that TV series in Britain a few years back where you go into the dimensional portal and you go back through time to prehistoric times. Mm, right. But that would indicate some kind of freak of nature, not a deliberate action. That yeah. sometimes when you have a phenomenon where you can spill into another universe, it's because something is happening that is beyond our control. It's not somebody turning on a switch and saying, beam me in. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting that when we're talking about portals and strange things that occur in the mountains. Um, one of the stories in my newest book, um, I interviewed this lady and she told me a story. She'd heard me talk somewhere else, so she felt comfortable sharing the story with me. She obviously, she wanted her name changed and everything, but when she was 10 years old, uh, she lived up in Idaho, in a rural part of Idaho, and all she wanted for her birthday was a puppy. And she got a puppy for her birthday, and she was so excited. She spent the whole summer training this puppy, and sit and shake and all of this stuff. And they were a little bit of a of a poorer family, and part of what they had to do so that they didn't have to use um, – gas in the winter is they had a stove so as a family they would go up in the fall and cut wood so they all went like normal and she brought her puppy with well on that trip while they were loading the truck this puppy disappears and she looks all day for the puppy can't find it um she talks her dad into going up the the next day sunday she looks all over and you know her dad's finally like you know 
this is the mountains, there's lots of animals, you know, something's got your puppy, I'm really sorry. And so she was devastated, and, you know, after a while she moved on. Well, when she was 15 years old, she said um, her dad finally made her go again. She hadn't gone to get wood, the, you know, for five years because she was so devastated. They end up in the same area, and uh, they're loading the truck and she looks down the road and there's something coming up the road and she looks and here's this dog walking up the road and it looks just like her puppy and she calls it and it comes over and she looks it's got his specialized dog tags that she had had made for him with with his name she asked him to shake he shakes and she's like, you know, this is my dog. There was um, there was a patch on the front that was heart shaped, uh, or no, it was not heart shaped. It was uh, an S shape, something very distinctive. And her parents were like, that can't be the same dog. And she's like, look at the tags. They took it home. The dogs knew all the trick. They took it to the vet just to have it a checkup. And the vet's like, oh, you've got a really healthy four month old puppy here. You know, it's not going to get much bigger, but you know, it's it's healthy. It's doing good and and so somehow that dog disappeared and then showed up in the exact same place five years later okay she, how, how do we explain that that's really strange i don't know unless it's again one of those porthole things that the dog found his way into but she swears up and down that that story is true she had the dog for another 10 years before it passed away um but she said I know it sounds strange, and I know it's super weird. She she swears up and down that that it's a, a true story, and that happened to her when she was growing up. Well, we're really getting into matrix type stuff here now, then, aren't we? Right. I mean, this is just like about the only way that you could explain that is if the universe is some sort of vast, for lack of a better term, simulation of some mm -hmm. kind, and whatever is in control of it or whatever, whoever gets control of it, maybe we're able to get control of it too somehow. Maybe there's a certain technology that allow, that might allow us to gain a certain part of control of it. But whatever it is, it's like cut and paste, isn't it? It's like, okay, yeah. I'm just going to take this. I'm going to take this and erase it for now and just hold it in a buffer. <laughs> and then I'm just going to put it back five years later Right. And see what happens. Yeah. You know? Yep. That was one of the most, one of the more strange stories that I've, that I've collected. And, and if I didn't, you know, when I was interviewing her, if I didn't f feel that she was genuine and, and I, whatever it was, I definitely felt like she was, she was telling me what happened to her, you know, a uh, fantastic story. And I'm not sure how what how exactly you can say that happened, but she definitely believed that that was the same dog. So, well, I guess so. She kept the dog. Of, uh, excuse me. Oh, sorry, there, Gene. Uh, excuse me. Give me an update on this. Okay, so the dog returns after five years, supposedly, <laughs> and the same dog. That's, now yes. that we have the same dog, and the age was what well, would have been five years earlier, if I understand this. She kept that dog then and continued yeah. to have him. Yeah, she said that she had him for another 10 years, and then he passed away. So, yep. Okay. So, yeah, so this happened quite a while ago. I think it was the 80s, if I remember correctly. She was telling me about it. She's much older now, um, but she was telling me about it. That, that it happened to her when she was between, you know, 10 and 15 years old. That was the time span, so. 
Okay. How old was the dog again? When? It was about four or five months, I guess. Um, okay, so it was a it was a puppy. Yeah. Puppy. Disappears for five years, then goes through its normal life cycle. Yeah, then comes back five years later and goes through a normal life cycle. Normal puppy, normal dog after that. Yep. It just suddenly completely disappeared, and then five years later uh, showed up in the same area. She happened to be there. I don't know if that's by design or what, but uh, yeah, very strange. Speaking what's strange, these announcements. More to come with John Olson. Regina Randall, you're in the Paracast. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you ready for what's next? It's likely coming. More food shortages, power outages, grocery stores closed, social unrest. Ask yourself, do you have enough food and supplies on hand to last at least 30 days? Most Americans do not, but you can. Avoid the panic of the last-minute rush. Order your four-week supply of emergency food today from MyPatriotSupply.com. Starvation or dependency on the government are your only alternatives. Avoid those and the pain of being unprepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now. Build your emergency food supply with meals that last up to 25 years in storage, shipped discreetly to your door. Folks that know what's coming are using today to prepare. There's time for you to do the same. That's MyPatriotSupply.com, the original Patriot Preparedness Company. MyPatriotSupply.com Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-900-8407. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, 
Do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now, 1-800-900-8407. That's 1-800-900-8407. 1-800-900-8407. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish? GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA, insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. I'm just trying to relate this to Teddy Bear if he disappeared for five years. Of course, he's eight and a half years old. Oh, and a dog life cycle. So, again, to clarify, the vet looks at the dog... And it's still a puppy as of the time it returned? Yep, yep, it was still a puppy. His her mom said, Don't don't tell the vet what's going on. We're just I just want to hear from the vet how he is. He was healthy, everything almost as if he hadn't even spent, you know, a couple days in the wilderness alone, you know. Happy, happy to see her, knew everything, you know, the tricks, everything like that. It was just kind of amazing. And it was a family secret because she said her parents were very much adamant that she don't tell, not tell everybody that she found her puppy that disappeared five years ago and, and everything. But, um, but yeah, that's, that was her story. This implies a couple of interesting things. This is what I, I love doing with cases like this is there's the obvious, what first seems like a mystery. And then you can maybe start to unravel a couple of things that by extrapolation, have to be the case mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form if we assume the story is true. And I do believe weird things happen to people. Yeah. So in a case like this, okay, there's there's this possibility that we live in a matrix-style universe where things can be cut and pasted and stored in memory and brought back, that sort of thing, in which case the dog would be a copy. We'd all be copies. There's also the idea of time dilation. Mm-hmm. which is maybe there is some alien craft that's there and they took the dog aboard and they zoomed off and approaching light speed time slows down for them they come back and for the dog it's only you know maybe a few weeks for us it's five years they let the dog go in the same place where they picked it up now if the dog happened to come back to the same place where they picked it up is it just sheer coincidence that it is returned on the same day that they happen to be driving down the same road. Right. You know, this kind of implies that whatever it is, I mean, it's even more weird because it's just strangely coincidental that they would be coming back or they knew they would be coming back and they've been watching them all along in some way, shape or form or whatever it is that is in control of this cut and paste mechanism is watching us. 
mm-hmm. and watching them and going, okay, well, we, we took the dog away. Now, five years later, they've been observing them and watching them, and then they go out, and now we're going to put it back. So it means they've been under surveillance. Right. So, you know, so I wonder if any other weird things that had happened to them in the interim. You know, she she she'd said that she really hadn't had any paranormal things happen to her other than that. She she had like a minor ghost story or something that she she'd relayed to me as well. But as for you know missing time or abduction or anything like that, and she was fairly you know regular normal life from other than this this dog incident so even though it's one of the more strange stories it's one of my favorite because you know i'm a dog lover myself so if i lost my dog and then he came back it's kind of heartwarming but i find it's just fascinating to me you see also i'm wondering if there are any other cases i don't recall any but i haven't followed this kind of case so i haven't heard of any other where a pet disappears for no reason, then returns as if nothing has happened. It would be interesting to look into that. Maybe someone does a book on time travel and pets or something like that. And, you know, it's interesting because that you mentioned that. I've had other stories in my books where, you know, it's kind of out there, strange one, strange story. And then either in my interview or somebody reads my book and they're like, oh, my goodness, that happened to me. Um, I know one in particular. In one of my first books, I tell a story of a young boy who's camping with his family and his cousins. And they're playing hide and seek. And he's seeking. His cousins are hiding. And his older cousin appears on the trail um, up the canyon. And he's beckoning him to follow him. And he would go up to the corner where he was. And, and now his cousin is at the next corner. And He's trying to lure him up the canyon, and finally he gives up and gets scared and runs back to camp, only to find that his cousin has been at camp the whole time. Whatever it was that was trying to lure him up the canyon wasn't his cousin. And so that was in my first book, but since I published it and talked about that story, I have had uh, three different people come to me and say, oh my goodness, I had the exact same thing happen to me where an older cousin – the new book has one with a, a girl who, you know, she's a freshman in high school. She misses the bus. She's coming home, has to walk by um, some teared down houses, some some abandoned uh, buildings. And a cousin, her older cousin that she looked up to is in the, the building beckoning her, you know, calling her to her to follow and trying to lead her further into the building. And she finally panics, runs home to find that her cousin is at home and has been the whole time. And so uh, what started as one story from an individual, once it got out there, there were more people that came out and said, oh, my goodness, that very same thing happened to me. This is my story. And I've gathered about three of those, three or four of those stories now where and, – and it's odd, odd that it's always an older cousin or an older family member that they're mimicking, trying to draw them away uh, to whatever. I'm not sure what. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, we had two other guests on uh, earlier, Chad Lewis and Kevin Lee Nelson, who talked about Wendigo. Have you run across any of those? And by the way, they were really great guests. They uh, they actually sent me a copy of their book, too. Pretty interesting book. I First one I managed to get as an interviewer doing the show. So <laughs> that was kind of a treat. Uh, I'm not uh, suggesting <laughs> No, it's all good. You're good. (laughs) He has a special place in his bookshelf for your books. There you Uh, go. 
Perfect. Oh God, I've got thousands of them. I don't really need any more. But uh, so, so you know, they travel around and do this, do these interviews as well. And um, you've got four books in your series now, or at least four main ones. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting. It starts off with Stranger Bridgerland, then it goes beyond Stranger Bridgerland, mm-hmm. and then Stranger West. And then now you've gone Stranger US. So so your pattern has been growing and spreading out and around. And you've just been talking to people for 30 years. How many people do you think you've talked to about this over oh, your lifetime? My goodness. Oh, I don't even know if I could count because... I'm still interviewing people as I do, you know, interviews with people and my books come out, you know, I have more people contact me and I, and I do more interviews, but I still have a stack from, from way back, um, uh, of, of people that interviewed. I honestly couldn't even think of, of the number. It's, it's a lot. Um, but I'm not sure about the number of, of what it would be, but it's crazy. It's a lot of people. Yeah, and this is the point I'm trying to make about this is that when uh, people like us and particularly someone like yourself who's uh, making it into a book, I've, I've got a website, I do, you know, do the radio show and stuff. But when you're doing books and you're doing them over a span of years and you're talking to that many people, after a while, you get to the point where you go – there's no way that this is just something that everybody's making up. There's got to be something to this. It's not just urban legends and myths. And right. there's really something that is going on out there that we don't really have access to. Let's do our break here. And then I have an interesting screwy question to ask. And I will ask more screwy questions than anyone. All right. John, Gene, Randall, you're in. The Paracast. Listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. On the 15th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina, President Trump is visiting Louisiana to survey the damage that Hurricane Laura left behind. Yesterday I approved a major disaster declaration that uh, helps individuals and business owners, which is a little bit different, but it goes right to the individual. And I've signed that already, and so you're all set to go on that. Uh, FEMA has uh, delivered 2.6 million liters of water at 1.4 million meals. He later arrived in Texas, where 16 deaths have been reported between both states. Democratic nominee Joe Biden spoke to members of the National Guard from his home in Wilmington, Delaware. You do everything we ask of you. 
You place your communities and your country ahead of your personal comfort. And when the need arises, you leave your families and your jobs and drop everything when the call comes. This is USA Radio News. The actor that brought the comic book hero Black Panther to life has died. USA Radio's Kenneth Burns reports. Actor Chadwick Boseman lost a four-year battle with colon cancer. It started at stage three and then progressed to stage four. In addition to earning worldwide acclaim as the superhero, Bozeman also brought baseball legend Jackie Robinson to life in the film 42. The actor also had a viral moment when he hosted Saturday Night Live when he brought the leader of Wakanda into a Black Jeopardy sketch. Bozeman was surrounded by his wife and family when he died. He was 43. A 25-year-old Nevada man appears to be the first documented case of COVID-19 reinfection in the U.S. Researchers reported that a patient who tested positive with the virus in April, then tested negative twice afterwards, was reinfected with the virus in May. Researchers found both illnesses were two genetically distinct iterations of the same virus. You're listening to USA Radio News. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So when I said I asked screwy questions, Randall agreed with me. <laughs> right, my screwy question here is, we have different paranormal researchers, such as you, going after different types of cases. Is there a feeling here that because you seek out certain types of cases, that's the ones you tend to stumble upon? I, there's just such a vast array of stories because I never, you know, pigeonholed myself into just ghosts or just this. And so I get, you know, all kinds of stories, whether it's ghosts, Bigfoot, cryptids, glitches, you know, I kind of keep myself open to all of those and UFOs. But I honestly think because of what I do, I do attract that. Um, I think there's a sense of, you know, when you think about it, when your your mind's on it, you kind of tend to attract that kind of stuff. into into your life so i i would agree that it's definitely attracted to me uh, the paranormal well i mean if not only that uh I'd, i've heard a number of authors and you've probably experienced this uh if people read your books and uh you've invited them to share their stories mm-hmm. they do yeah yep You'll get people writing letters and emails and saying hey you know i just read your book and this is this is what happened to me 
Yeah, exactly. Yep. I get, I get stories all the time. I, we were, I was talking to somebody and they said, Oh, do you have any stories from Mount Shasta, which is in California? And I said, I don't, I've heard it's very, you know, a very strange place because of that one conversation. I had several people contact me that I heard you hadn't heard of Mount Shasta and this happened to me there and this happened. And, you know, so it's, it, it, it's almost a domino effect when you start and, and you start collecting uh, stories and talking to people. So this stranger U.S., then, it, it sounds like it takes into account a wider area than just the Bridgerland area. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the more interesting cases that you ran across outside the Bridgerland area? One of them uh, that's kind of one of my favorite, uh, that I got in contact with this, actually was my wife who, who knew um, this lady who had this, that had told her the story years ago, and so I hunted her down. And she was um, a Girl Scout leader in Texas, and they had had the opportunity to go and spend the night on the USS Lexington, which is now a museum down there. It's an old World War II aircraft carrier, and it now sits uh, off the coast of, of Texas um, on the port. And they do tours and let Girl Scouts spend the night. And um, she, after they did the tour and fed the girls and got the girls down in the bunks in the bottom of the ship – um, she just got settled in the bunk herself, and the girls were talking, and eventually they fell asleep. She could hear they were sleeping. She was having trouble sleeping because she's a little claustrophobic, and if you've ever seen the bunks on a ship, they're really close. And she said all of a sudden there was a strange sound, and what felt like it's it's really dark in the bottom of the ship when they turn off the lights. The only thing that you have is, is running lights, really dim running lights on the floor that go to the restrooms so they don't have to turn the lights on if anybody needs to go to the restrooms. And she said that she could see and feel this um, heavy wave of – she's had a hard time explaining it. I, I explained it really well – of almost like a fog that was coming through the compartment. And as it started at the top of her head and went down through her feet, it felt like she was being dipped in just a thick ooze of fear and anxiety and anger. And and it moved all the way along down to her feet. And she's wondering if she's the only one that's experiencing this. But she notices it went over the girls um, through the, the compartment. These little girls that were asleep started whining and crying in their sleep. And <laughs> yeah, so she knew that they were feeling it as well. She was frozen with it. And finally, it started to come back and it went over her body again. And as it left her body and the little girls in the compartment, the girls stopped whimpering and crying in their sleep. And she got up and talked to the other leader and eventually had to leave, you know, up to the upper decks because she just couldn't stay there anymore. And um, as she got to the upper deck, um, there was another leader up there just covered in a in a big blanket just shivering and she looked at her and and she's like are you okay and she shook her head no and she knew that she had experienced it too so she sat on that deck until morning and one of the security guards came and said are you okay what's going on and and she kind of explained what happened and he said can you come with me and they went back into the office and they have a big log book 
of strange occurrences on the ship. And they, he asked her if she would be okay just explaining what happened. And he kept a big logbook there of all the paranormal things that had happened on the ship. And uh, But she said it was – yeah, it was like being dipped headfirst into uh, just fear – anger, anxiety, and just this horrible feeling. But I found that really fascinating as a ghost story. Oh, yeah, that is really a good one. It's just like that whole wave of angst. Oh, that is, uh, yeah. I mean, we, now ships, we've heard other uh, stories of ghost ships mm-hmm. and ghosts on ships. And, and when you think about ships, aren't they just sort of the perfect controlled environment You've got a defined space that you know all the dimensions of, where it is, where everybody on it is. A ship is a super controlled environment to be able to do these, you know, some kind of weird experiment on people. Because if we're assuming that this is happening, uh, unless it's just some freak of nature, something must be causing it. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people, um, a lot of other researchers and everything, um, they believe that that water itself can help, whether it stimulates or helps, you know, increase activity with the paranormal. And you think about it, you're surrounded by water all the time. If it's a war vessel like this one that was in World War II, you have people who have died there, people who, you know, lived there and, and, and experienced just horrific things that I believe can leave an imprint on, you know, the very ship itself uh, that later on people may end up um, experiencing or or feeling. Yeah, we hear that a lot. I'm not sure that there's any way to explain that, though. But it, it's a we do hear people talking like that, as if it's like that. So yeah, and I I do believe that people have these experiences. So whatever it is. People are reacting to it. It's not just themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, for someone to be sitting and watching this happen as it's happened to them, and then it continues on across to the other people that they're with and witnesses it, that is just, uh, that must be really, really an eye-opening, illuminating moment that the world is not as all normal as we think it is. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and once you kind of experience something like that, and it, it makes you wonder what else in the world or what else out there is, is, is waiting for us kind of a thing. That raises, John, a chaos theory, which is there is no regularity. I mean, we have a superficial regularity, but that's maybe 95% or 98%. And the rest of it is chaos. We have things yeah. that have no explanation because they can't, because that's the way the universe works. There are little bugs at the edges of it. It's kind of something that we see in software, in software development. You develop software for a product or service, and it works mostly in a proper fashion. Right. Sometimes it does screwy things that do not make any sense. And a coder will go in there and may or may not fix it. But you'll find that with, say, computer operating systems, there are bugs in there that will never, ever, ever be fixed 20 years later. They are not fixed because they can't fix it because that's the way it is. They've reached that level. So it may be our reality has this zone of bugs 
right. of a couple of percent. Maybe that explains we live in a virtual reality, and therefore it's never fixed. It's never perfect. We got more reality to come, and but first we're going to be talking more with John, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll-free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. 
stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So I ended that segment saying that reality, what a concept. No, that's not what I said. I said reality is not perfect. The reality is like a defective software program. Maybe it is a virtual reality we live in, but whatever it is, The law of the universe is that you have this fuzz factor, this bug factor, this glitch factor, where little tiny things occasionally go wrong. They can't be predicted. They cannot be explained. Maybe we understand some more of them as we become more sophisticated scientifically, but that doesn't do it. That's a really interesting theory, Gene. I really like that. I I think it could be possible. What do you guys think of this? I'm just going to throw it up for both of you guys here. Like, I've sort of contemplated along those lines, but maybe not quite as exact as that. But thinking when you look at the universe, the matter, the stuff, the planets, the stars, the material in it makes up such a small part of it. Mm Mm-hmm. That maybe if there is, like, let's just assume that there is some sort of a universe maker out there, that maybe we are the bugs, Gene. Maybe we are the glitches in the system. Maybe the material universe is the glitches in the system, and they're studying those glitches to see what happens when they do this. Because maybe they don't have any idea how the universe is going to unfold, but they set it in motion, and then all of this stuff just happens. And so they come down and study us to see what, what it is, like where did we come from? Maybe maybe they don't know any more than we do. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I was talking to my 13-year-old son, and um, we were talking, and, and he loves the paranormal too. He says, I, you know, I heard the theory that – that we live in like a matrix and, and this is just a program. And I said, yeah, that's, that's a theory that's out there. And we kind of talked about it and he goes, well, he says, when we play a video game, he said, um, the programmers in the video game, they put what are called Easter eggs in there for you to find that are just weird things. Like he had a game that was called red dead redemption. But if you rode your horse far enough up into the mountains, there was a Bigfoot you could see that the, the programmers <laughs> had put in and he's, and his theory was, 
well, what if we're if we're in a simulation and UFOs and Bigfoot and ghosts are just Easter eggs that they put in for us to find? <laughs> I love it. I that's absolutely love thought, it. But that's a really good thought. It is. You know, and you, the thing is, you can't just write this off as as nonsense anymore because if you believe that this stuff happens, it actually kind of makes sense, right? But that even wouldn't apply if we had what we consider to be a supreme being. That the supreme being puts in this stuff to test us yeah, and gives us yeah. mysteries to figure out. That's why flying saucers are here to make us think. Yeah. Yep. You never know. Boy, I hope one day, whether it's when we pass on or whatever, whatever the reason may be or your belief system, that, that we eventually do get all the answers. There's something inside of us that just makes us keep going and trying to find answers, whether we're, you know, physicists looking on the science or whether we're uh, people like us who are asking the questions and, and researching paranormal stuff. You know, we all have that inside of us trying to find, you know, the answers to all these questions. And it's fun. I love it. Well, it is. But, you know, I wonder if we knew the truth, if we'd really want to know the truth, <laughs> you know. Well, there's two edges to this. It's a double-edged sword in a way. We've, or we've got a situation where there are all these phenomena that maybe are related by a common factor. And then if they're talking about disclosure, what if they know that it's not just UFOs, mm-hmm. that the whole thing is connected? It's a, it would be a whole lot bigger of an issue to have to disclose that it's not just UFOs, but all this other weird stuff in the world that you think is just, uh, you know, fiction isn't really want to know. We live in that kind of a, a universe. Like, what if they know this stuff? And, you know, UFOs, we're all kind of used to the idea, but all of the rest of it connected. Mm-hmm. That's a much bigger thing if there's somebody you know, up there in the system that knows. Yeah. Yep. That's, that is for sure. And then, you know, if it, if the world is like that, you know, um, are people still going to get up and go to work in the morning or, you know, what's going to matter to them anymore. And so uh, it's just interesting. We're never going to get disclosure if, if it's all connected that way, you know, we might get a little bit of disclosure here and there about, you know, something like UFOs, but if it's all part of the same thing, they're not going to let us know. There's going to be some initiated few out there who may or may not even be in government that knows. And that's kind of another scary thought. Like, have you run across stories about people who have run into uh, like MIB types or, uh, you know, sort of official types like the, the these sort of uh, agents? Um, I haven't personally, no. I, I have interviewed people who've seen UFOs and, and you know, had had close encounters with the UFOs. But, no, I, I haven't. I have read a lot about them. But um, other than that, you know, that strange gentleman in the first story that I told you about that kind of appeared in, in up in the middle of nowhere, I, I haven't. But, I like I said, I've read a lot about the men in black and people trying to discredit, you know, those that are, are trying to bring out the truth. No, the other thing about this, too, is if it is a matrix-like situation that we live in, if then the ramifications are really deep because reality isn't what we think it is, and that means we're not what we think we are. Mm-hmm. We are just instances of information. Right. And, from, and from moment to moment to moment, 
essentially we're copies all the time. We tend to think that we're an ind- we're individuals that are whole who continue on through time as that individual. But if it's that way, that wouldn't be the case. You would be in existence one moment and cease to exist and existing again in the next movement, just like on a film strip. Right. You, you would never literally be the same person. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the name of the philosopher, but um, there was a philosopher that talked about the fact that you can't technically prove that you existed yesterday other than your memories, and you can only trust that as far as your memory will go. So, you know, did we just come into existence and now we have those memories? I mean, it just opens up a whole, you know, philosophical conundrum of, of, of who we are and, and where we're going. It's pretty strange and awesome all at the same time. Well, then again, of course, you have to think of it this way. Maybe what you remember now isn't even accurate. Your perception of what's happening now isn't accurate. And as you say, you have all these memories of things that happened over your lifetime. And you understand, of course, that those things are not perfect. Over time, they are colored. So I assume certain things about my life. And I give an example of this kind of a strange one. My brother was somewhat known in the big pharma world. He died in 1995. And the New York Times wrote a piece about him. They got his middle name wrong. They got the maiden name of his first wife wrong. I guess, although I've heard it from others, and I thought to myself all this time, I thought it was this, and no, it's that. But I remember going through this lifetime... And experiencing all this, and now it's changed, or it's like Roswell, where suddenly 30 years after the fact, we have these people coming out and telling us what happened at Roswell. Mm -hmm. And we think, okay, we have a generation and a half has passed since then. Lots of pop culture. How do we know that what they tell us And these interviews have been covered in the various Roswell books. What they told us about that episode has even a remote resemblance to the truth. Right. Yep. Because there are, unfortunately, uh, there are people out there that will make up stories or even try and hoax things. And for people who are really trying to get the truth, I know for a lot of my friends that I've visited with who focus on Bigfoot, they get really upset with the hoaxers because it just it feels like they take one step forward and then then the hoaxers drag everybody, you know, 10 steps back. And it goes along those lines, too, with, you know, uh, the people who are telling the truth and the people that aren't or even maybe even not remembering it correctly. So. This sort of brings up this whole Mandela effect thing, mm-hmm. though, too. Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, when, it, when people remember things in a way that the history around them didn't record or didn't record the same way. Like, right. are, are you, like, do you – are you one of the Mandela effect people? Like, do you remember Mandela dying in prison or was he there- always to you there? Let's have that answer in a moment. The Mandela effect, did he live or die in prison? More to come with John, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. (laughs) 
Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive PowerCast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the PowerCast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a PowerCast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.thepowercast.com, store.thepowercast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the PowerCast. You go to store.thepowercast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Warning. If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-900-8407. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now, 1-800-900-8407. That's 1-800-900-8407. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now... Here's Gene Steinberg. So, John Olson, have you even thought about it? Oh, Do yeah. you remember Mandela dying in prison or surviving his prison term? I'll tell you something, because we brought this up before. I don't recall ever even thinking about it. That's just me. No, I remember him being in prison, and I don't remember his his death, but I do... I know people who 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 you know personally who remember watching it and and feeling that way and I do believe in the Mandela effect. I I have my own like the Berenstain Bears and the Berenstein Bears. Um, I remember it differently than how it is now. I I have to. I, in fact, I can't even remember right now which one is the one that's right right now. If that makes sense. So there's quite a few of them. I one that happened to me that really shocked me is when Jason Lee died. That's uh, that was Bruce Lee's son, and he died on the set getting shot with a. a it was supposed to be a prop gun, but he died. Uh, something was jammed in there, and, and he died from the shot. Um, I remember he was one of my favorite actors, and I was really upset. And the big deal for me was that he had died the exact same way his dad had died. I remember people talking about, oh, that's how his dad died, was a fake prop gun and all of this. And then you know, a few years later, um, I can look, and I'm like, oh, yeah, 
I, I mentioned to somebody, men, somebody mentioned um, Jason Lee, and I said, yeah, he died just like his dad. And they're like, no, that's not how Bruce Lee died. He died of meningitis or something like that. And I'm like, no. And I look it up, and sure enough, he had died of, of a, a sickness and not being shot. And so that was really a shock to me because I remember reading the articles and, and, and everything, and that is how Bruce Lee had died. So uh, I definitely believe in the Mandela effect and that there's something strange going on that way. Do you all remember the death of George Reeves the same way? He was the actor who plays Superman, and he died in 1959, presumably from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. There's a book called Hollywood Homicide that tells the story, and there have been a number of little news episodes about it. Mm-hmm. And the basic thing being two stories, one, if you remember this having been typecast as Superman, being a man in his mid-40s who never really had much of an acting career beyond B-movies, gets fame and fortune but wants to do something else, and he can't because he's Superman. That's one thing. That's why he became frustrated and killed himself. The other is, no, things were going well. He committed to two more seasons of Superman, and with a pay increase... His production company would be involved. He would be directing episodes, as he did in the final season. He directed two episodes. They was going to get into more creative aspects, and maybe that would lead him into a career after Superman, but he doesn't have to act He could because he wasn't that great an actor anyway. He could direct, whatever it is. That night, he's dead of a gunshot wound. But then we have these mysterious bullet holes, and then we have the story that he was dating some movie executive's wife who may have been pissed off and therefore arranged for his death, or that he had guns with blanks and he accidentally shot one off while drunk, not realizing it had a real bullet in it. Oh, right. I remember that, actually, reading about that. Of course, then there is the curse of Superman. Right. I don't mean being typecast. I mean Christopher Reeve having an accident riding a horse and being crippled. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But most of the rest, I think, is if you are, especially in the old days, not so much now, but in the 40s, 50s, 60s, you get a major role that identifies you, like an actor named Kirk Allen, who played Superman in two movie serials. He had no career after that. Right. I mean, They're I think George cast. Reeves was a better actor as Superman. He had that twinkle in his eye as Clark Kent. He defined the character much more in Christopher Reeve, but couldn't get any other parts. George Reeves, who knows what would have happened there. But we have actors so identified with a single role, that's it for them. Probably true with the Star Trek crew, the original ones. Yeah, the original ones probably had that, that issue, um, except for a few of them. Yep, definitely. I was a little bit before my time, but I, I do remember a, a movie called Moonraker. It was one of the Bond movies. And oh, yeah. There, there's the Dolly with braces mm-hmm. scene. Now, I, oh, yeah. I'm one of the people who remembered Dolly with braces. And they have gone through the film archives and never happened. But even the actor who played Jaws, I think it was, uh, Richard Kill, he remembered the actress with braces. Mm-hmm. And he maintained that that's the way it was until he died. Apparently. I mean, this could be just, you know, who knows, Hollywood news, but still, you know, pretty interesting stuff. Well, Richard Keel was a smart guy. We forget that because we think of this role as somebody being a brute. 
But no, he was an intelligent guy. He found something that, after playing small roles, made him a cultural figure. Plus, people understood he wasn't bad. Right. That he was basically fundamentally a nice, decent guy. And that really helped in terms of making public appearances. I remember his girlfriend having the braces, even though allegedly that did not happen. I remember seeing the film. I've seen the sequel where he appears again. This time he becomes heroic. You know, from being the villain, he becomes heroic. Right. He therefore is reformed and he gets the girl. But she had braces. I remember it so distinctly, but mm-hmm. allegedly it didn't happen. I have another instance which nobody remembers because it's personal. A friend of mine, Larry, and I are teenagers, and we see something in the sky, and he said, that's a UFO. And he maintained he saw something really strange. All I remember is a cloud formation. And one day I said, you know, Larry... It's just a cloud formation. That's all it was. It wasn't anything strange. It wasn't a spaceship or some unknown flying craft. He never talked to me again. Oh, oh no. I don't know what happened to Larry. Yeah. Uh, He's out there somewhere. Yeah. If he's still alive, because, you know, as we get older, we lose a few. There are a few of those people who just, I don't know where they are. But in this particular case, I'm sure of all the things that happened to anyone in their lifetimes, Seeing a strange cloud formation that you might have mistaken for UFO is not the most critical thing, but still. Right, right. Well, and it's interesting because I've interviewed people who have had their own personal Mandela effects. For example, in my new book, I interviewed a gentleman who he grew up in in Missouri, and um, he remembered there was an old, old farmhouse on the other side of this little, you know, field where he grew up and an old couple bought it and him and his dad walked over and talked to him and they were trying to decide whether they were going to tear it down and build a new house or restore it. And they actually decided to restore the building. So they restore this old farmhouse to this beautiful, you know, home. They, the newspaper comes out, you know, takes pictures, interviews them. He spends, you know, his high school years mowing the lawn for this old couple. He moves away. His family moves out of town. Many years later, he happens to be going through that part of Missouri with his family. And he's like, oh, let me show you where I grew up. So he takes him to his old house and shows his kids. And he notices that on the other side of the field is this brand new home. And he's like, well, that's weird because I remember them restoring it. And he's like, well, maybe it burned down and they had to do it. So he gets really curious and knocks on the door and he says, you know, I'm really sorry. I grew up over there. I'm just wondering, you know, what happened to the old couple here? And the lady that answers goes, well, that was my my parents and, and I took the house after they um, passed away. And he said, well, what happened to the old farmhouse that they, you know, redid, they restored? And she goes, oh, they tore that down in the 80s and built this home and he's like no that's not what happened (laughs) and he even you know he was so disturbed he went to you know to the library to find the couldn't find the 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 news article couldn't you know none of this the family had passed away but that you know in in the reality now 
that the older couple, instead of restoring the old home, tore it down and built a new home. And he's like, that is not what I remember. I, re- I mowed the lawn on that old house. I remember being in that old house and and how beautiful it was and everything. Okay, we're going to cross realities again with John Olson, Gene Steinberg, Jay Randall Murphy. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. When you have a pain in the neck, a real pain in the neck, back, shoulder, or legs, you now have two convenient choices to get fast relief without taking another pill. Because now, Sunny Bay heating wraps and pillows are available at both Amazon and Walmart. Yes, see Sunny Bay's four-and-a-half to five-star customer reviews on Amazon.com or Walmart.com. Our made-in-the-USA microwavable heat wraps, heatable neck pillows, and extra-large body wraps are designed better for perfect support where and when you need it. Even while driving, Sunny Bay Wraps will not burn and stay balanced to provide soothing hot or cold therapy to help treat temporary or chronic pain. And the best part? Sunny Bay quality products start at under $20. Join thousands of happy customers and see why Sunny Bay products have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. It's easy. Click Amazon or Walmart and search today for Sunny Bay. We've all seen and perhaps use the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Come to GCNteam.com keyword antibacterial or call 877-878-4203. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... 
Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. The Mandela Effect realities being different for different people. It could be the fact that our gray matter is just very imperfect. And so we remember things differently. Or it could be that anomaly in the matrix, as they say, that there are deliberate or accidental bugs in the system. And what that means is different people perceive different things or that we constantly cross realities. Right. And sometimes the people we're around cross different realities. So when you debate, no, it didn't happen that way. It happened this way. And the reason it happens is that as far as the individual is concerned, that's what happened to them, even though it may have been in the other reality. Mm-hmm. You, we were talking about the James Bond with the the braces, not braces. And it's funny, when I heard that one, um, and I had remembered the braces as well, watching it. I was born in 75, so it was around the time I was born, but I remember watching it. My dad has always been a huge James Bond fan. He watched the movies over and over again, and I remember I went over and talked to him, and I said, I said, I want to ask you a question. And I said, now, in Moonraker, when, or I can't remember if it was Moonraker, or whatever it was, when uh, Jaws meets that girl, and I said, what bonded them together? What was it that the part of that scene? And he goes, well, when he smiles and he's got his metal teeth and then she smiles and has braces and, and that's what just makes that whole scene. And I said, what, you know, what if I told you that never happened? And he, he's like, I've got the DVD <laughs> right here. And he had made me throw the DVD in and scoot it to that. And he was in shock, you know, cause again, like everybody else. And he'd seen that movie millions of, not millions of times, but over and over again is one of his favorites. So it's very interesting. That Background, is- Richard Keel, born in Detroit. Mm-hmm. He died at the age of 74 in 2014. He worked as a bouncer and a salesman for cemetery plots. Before he broke in Hollywood, yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, you wouldn't think that, you know, that those would really do me much good on your resume to get a movie acting career going, but (laughs) it sure worked. Well, he was seven foot two inches, so you have to think, other than any normal profession he might have had, he certainly stands out. Right. Yep. I think it was Harrison Ford was our carpenter when he was chosen by uh, Spielberg or some... Oh, no, it wasn't Spielberg that did American Graffiti. George they, Lucas. They chose him. Lucas yeah, for Lucas Star Wars, yeah. Him. That's right. So it was very interesting that, you know, he was a carpenter and got chosen from there. He didn't go looking for acting. It came and found him, so... 
Yeah, he's a pretty cool character. I guess yeah. I've heard that he actually has a, a pilot's license too. Flies a helicopter or something. Yes, he does. And had been rescuing people in the, in the big flood that was down in New Orleans. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, there you are stuck on the roof of your your house, mm-hmm. and along comes a helicopter, and there's, <laughs> you know, Han Solo is reaching out. Okay, we're here uh, to get you. We're here don't to worry on. I mean, don't don't worry. We'll be, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. He he lives uh, has a house in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which is uh, about eighty miles from here, and uh, I just off the cuff uh, there was a lady I, I talked to who had met him he'd stopped at a gas station to get gas this is back in the 80 late 80s and she's like boy he looks really familiar and he handed her the credit card and she said well this one's expired and he just threw it in the garbage and and then paid with another one and left and she's like boy he sure did look familiar and she pulled out the credit card to read the number on it and it was and it was Harrison and she about died she's like oh my gosh I just met uh, <laughs> and didn't know it so that, yeah you could almost frame that little credit card I know right wall, you know? <laughs> Harrison Ford was here if that's yeah. legal I don't know right I have no idea but okay so the three of us then are apparently from alternate universes. Yes. Because we remember uh, Dolly with braces. So and now it can't just be glitches like random bugs, I don't think, because, I mean, what kind of a bug in a system would create a whole family life history right. for someone who remembers actually doing something like mowing the lawns mm-hmm. at this home? Right. It, it sounds like, I mean, I suppose the, the universe, if that's happening, anything could happen, but. Yeah, it sounds like it's way too planned and way too coherent. It's not just some fuzzy amorphous glitch that happens. This this is way bigger than that. Yeah. So what's going on then, John? Are we? How many people in the world really are actually from another universe, but they don't know it? They just think this weird thing happened to me, but really they're not from here. You know, I had this funny thought. Um, I have a, I have a background in IT a little bit. And my thought was, you know, we're all we were all in different simulations in the room, and they're like, "Oh, we're running out of space." Oh, well, these three servers are really close to the same, so just merge those three servers together. Those three programs <laughs> from the server—they're close enough; they'll never know the difference. Oh yeah, we'll spaces. never know the difference. <laughs> we need to make more space. Well, yeah, these are close enough. Merge these into one program, and we'll 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 make some space here. Anyway, I don't know. That's it's it's just crazy. Maybe it's. Like you say, it's something that we can't even comprehend, or maybe it's something as simple as that we are in a, a program. Uh, somebody mentioned that it's a, it's actually our descendants running a program to see how their ancestors used to live, kind of a thing. For them sure. to pop in and say, oh, you know, this is maybe we live kind of like in Westworld the, the television show we don't know it and we're living in a at somebody's amusement park and they just pop in and out and, and we're not programmed to understand or what's going on so who knows well maybe well, the people from the future are time travelers and they're doing all sorts of stuff with the time stream and the changes they make cause problems they cause anomalies it's kind of like the TV show Legends of Tomorrow where mm-hmm. they drive around a spaceship called Wave Rider run by a talking computer named Gideon, and they go back through time to right wrongs, but they are not perfect, and therefore when they fix what's wrong, 
they sometimes and quite often create the plot for the next show, which is to fix what they screwed up. Right. That's very yeah, could very well, well be something like that. I think that makes for good sci-fi. But I, you know, it, the thing is, is when you look at it from the way it would have to work, they're not going back and fixing the same universe anymore. Because as soon as they change something in the old one, they've created a new timeline. So maybe the the universe where they fix things will go on and evolve and. But they're not really fixing anything at all because the other past has already happened. It's just on another branch. Mm-hmm. So it's – but still, it's it's a good trope for sci-fi. It makes people think a little bit. But, you know, I wish someday they would really kind of get that part right. You know, for, <laughs> for, for, right. for us crazy people out here who actually think about that stuff way more than they should um, – before we get into more detail here, we have to do a quick break. We're going to have John Olson back for He'll Be Right Back for After the Paracast, and we'll be exploring new realities, new frontiers, strange mysteries from time and space, anomalies, software bugs. That's all it is. I still think we're all software bugs here. That's the truth, right, John, Gene, and Randall? You're in The Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. On the 15th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina, President Trump is visiting Louisiana to survey the damage that Hurricane Laura left behind. Yesterday I approved a major disaster declaration that uh, helps individuals and business owners, which is a little bit different, but it goes right to the individual. And I've signed that already, and so you're all set to go on that. Uh, FEMA has uh, delivered 2.6 million liters of water at 1.4 million meals. He later arrived in Texas, where 16 deaths have been reported between both states. Democratic nominee Joe Biden spoke to members of the National Guard from his home in Wilmington, Delaware. You do everything we ask of you. You place your communities and your country ahead of your personal comfort. And when the need arises, you leave your families and your jobs and drop everything when the call comes. This is USA Radio News. The actor that brought the comic book hero Black Panther to life has died. USA Radio's Kenneth Burns reports. Actor Chadwick Boseman lost a four-year battle with colon cancer. 
It started at stage three and then progressed to stage four. In addition to earning worldwide acclaim as the superhero, Bozeman also brought baseball legend Jackie Robinson to life in the film 42. The actor also had a viral moment when he hosted Saturday Night Live when he brought the leader of Wakanda into a Black Jeopardy sketch. Bozeman was surrounded by his wife and family when he died. He was 43. A 25-year-old Nevada man appears to be the first documented case of COVID-19 reinfection in the U.S. Researchers reported that a patient who tested positive with the virus in April, then tested negative twice afterwards, was reinfected with the virus in May. Researchers found both illnesses were two genetically distinct iterations of the same virus. You're listening to USA Radio News. There's so much hand sanitizer on the market, but beware. Not all hand sanitizers are created equal. That's why you want to use 2020 Safe Hand Sanitizer. You can trust the hand sanitizer on 2020safe.net to be made with the highest quality ingredients. American made with American ingredients employing Americans. Log on now to 2020safe.net and order your one liter today. Normally $29.99, but reduced to $19.99. So hurry while supplies last and receive a bonus. That's right. You'll receive a 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, a $39.95 value, free, by using code GCN at checkout. Right now, click 2020safe.net. That's 2020safe.net to get our one-liter bottle of high-quality hand sanitizer with your free bonus. A 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, valued at $39.95. Remember to enter GCN at checkout. And the bonus is yours, free, 2020safe.net. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. So I just think we're just all software bugs because some of the things that are going on right now, that could not be reality. And don't get me started. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I I look at it as the fact that um, the Kardashians still have a show and people watch that. That's got to be a sign that there's something wrong with the universe. (laughs) Is that that terrible of me to say that? There may be some fans in our audience who will say, I'm not going to listen to the Paracast again because they don't like the real housewives (laughs) of New Jersey or the Kardashians. I don't know anything about those things except Daddy Kardashian was also one of the lawyers in the OJ trial, right? Yeah. He's a pal of OJ. Mm-hmm. Yep. You see, there's another reality in which he's innocent. No, don't get me started. <laughs> well, oh, boy. Before we go on uh, uh, too much longer here with everything else and uh, get to the end of the show, I mean, I think we've covered this quite a bit here, but we do have a question in our question bank from one of our forum posters, uh, very intelligent, well-informed person, Marta. And he asked, I'd be curious what your take would be on Kiel's idea of window areas. So I know I've, I've read quite a bit of, of Kiel, and I know that his, um, um, his explanation on, on the Mothman is um, a higher form of being trying to, to warn us kind of a, a deal like that. And then, so I'm not 100% sure what he's talking about with, with that exactly. No, well, he didn't elaborate, but I'm, sort of get the the impression that it's pretty much a lot of what we've been talking about how out in rural areas and wilderness areas there seems to be these places where weird things happen mm-hmm. and you know they're related to things like ley lines and right. portals and there seems to be maybe a vertex of paths that cross that are somewhat paranormal that 
stand make it stand out more than than others. Right. And, it, and I know it was explained like this in a certain aspects of if you were stuck in traffic in a city and the traffic was slow and you didn't know why, but somebody who was standing on top of the building could see you were stuck in traffic and that there was an accident. And if you just turned off the road and went one block over, you could avoid all of the mess. The person on top of the building isn't a god. He just has a different perspective on what's going on and has a wider view of what's going on. And he's no different than you, just a different perspective. And that's kind of how they were trying to explain the Mothman showing up right before, say, you know, the, the bad bridge collapse or showing up before bad accidents or, or stuff like that, if, if that makes sense. And that might be what he's talking about a little bit with, with Keel. Uh, that was his idea of, of beings that, that might try and predict or prevent future accidents yeah makes sense yeah i mean there does seem to there do seem to be these places where things happen more than others and we would tend to think that from a demographic perspective that if these things are happening to everybody they should happen where there's higher uh degrees or distribution or density of population you guys Mm -hmm. will have to excuse me a, a bit here for being a bit scatterbrained, I was up pretty much virtually all night working on my music project, but it's not like that. So where these there's high population density, you don't see as much paranormal activity as out in the rural areas where there isn't much density. Right, right. And I, and I wonder how much it has to do with background noise. Because I know when you're in the city and when you've lived there for a while, you you have to tune out an awful lot just to make it through. But I, I'm kind of biased on that. I live out in the country and have my whole life. I I would have a hard time living in the city just because of all the background noise. But maybe it's because you're more in tune when you're when it's quieter. But that's just one thought on on it. But yeah, I know that paranormal things do happen in the city, and but whether like you say, it seems to happen more out in the country and out when you're alone or or in small groups. Right. Yeah. Like I've never heard of a window area in a city. Well, I mean, we've heard right. stories like you know, thirteenth floor or whatever. There's the weird. There's this weird spot, you know, or you know. And I guess there are some haunted buildings right. in cities, like or places mm-hmm. that, that are known to have, to have strange things happen to them. So maybe. Um, but but is that a window area or is it just oh that's the haunted house or the haunted hospital or something like that? Right, and and a lot of times I think that when you have an area uh, maybe in the city or whatever and it has the reputation of being haunted and people go there looking for ghosts, I I think that you're you're more likely to. Um, Take something out of um, con- context that may not be paranormal, but you you feel like it is because you're in that area and that's what you're expecting, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, that's true. Well, there you're talking about the background noise again. How do you go about sifting out the signal from the noise when it comes to all of these stories? I mean, some of them are wonderful on their own, but, mm-hmm. but really, how do you know that they're true? Like. What, what's your process for for sifting that out? So um, I'll interview the person and um, I'll go back and and read it a couple times and and go through it and um, I, I have to go off of gut um, my gut feeling on it and and 
just the feeling I get when I talk to the the people. I like sometimes to, to do a Skype or on the phone. I, I really like to do it in person, but that's not very possible, especially now um, in this day and age. But I just have to go off gut. Um, and there's stories, too, that you know I've written up and they're all ready to go. And um, my wife and my publisher will help me uh, or my uh, editor will they'll, – they'll be like, oh, we're going to bump this one for this one. And they help me kind of decide uh, you know, which ones will fit best and, and, and the flow of the book. But when it comes to you know, do I believe them, you know, am I going to write it up and share it, it, I just have to go by my gut. Yeah, I, I would have to agree that after enough people, mm-hmm. that that's what really does start to shift your opinion that something is really happening. I think that's what happened with J. Allen Hynek mm-hmm. when he was investigating UFOs. He, he started off as very skeptical, thought it was a case of war nerves. Mm-hmm. But after interviewing so many people, he finally came to the conclusion. It's like somebody finally turned the light bulb on. No, not all of these people who are so sincere can be just making this up to, in order for some sort of personal gain or attention. It just mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. Right. Yep, exactly. Um, and like you say, uh, there's a lot of things out there. You know, I, I have a hard time believing in co- coincidence. And when two people, two different people who have never met each other and have no idea of their story, um, tell me that they experienced the same thing. And, you know, to them, it's strange and unusual and, and way out there. But they match up with somebody that they've never met who's had a very similar experience. To me, that that definitely, you know, puts a, you know, an air of truth into it. The, the, you know, this person has no idea that I've interviewed somebody else who's had that very same experience. Are you talking about the same experience of, of a particular event or just another experience that is similar to the one someone else has had? So um, I'll, I'll give you an example. Yeah. Um, I interviewed um, a gentleman who, um, um, on the Cache National Forest, this has been a long time ago, he woke up in the middle of the night, uh, he was camping alone with his dogs, bright light in his in his uh, camper, um, he goes out uh, to see what's going on, a, a hum in the air, and uh, about 100 yards from his camp is a UFO that is drawing water up out of the the creek into the into the ship um, and it does that and then all of a sudden the hum shuts off and the light shuts off and some of the water falls in and then the the ship leaves takes off disappears um, so I interviewed that guy and that guy it happened in the early 80s and uh, I had not published that or actually not even talked to anybody about that. And he definitely didn't because, you know, he wanted his name changed. He wanted everything. If I do ever write that story. OK, so, let's let's break it here and then yeah. we'll go. We'll go into story number two with John, Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. 
A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Have you ever thought about turning your Glock, XD family, or 1911 handgun into a semi-automatic carbine? It only takes about 30 seconds. The MacTech carbine upper is classified as an accessory and can be delivered right to your doorstep with no FFL or background check required. It's the world's most versatile pistol accessory. Build your custom upper today. Simply go to handgunconversion.com. That's handgunconversion.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Today, many of us are paying attention to our health, and what we eat plays an important role. But so often, the water we drink is a mere afterthought when it should be a primary part of our daily nutrition. Real Water would like to change how you think about the water you drink and how it can play an important role in helping your body restore balance and reach its full potential. The key benefits of every bottle of Real Water are stabilized negative ions, balanced pH, detoxification, and it hydrates you like never before. And yes, it tastes great. Real Water is beyond alkalinity, and due to its proprietary process called E2 Technology, it's the only drinking water on the market that can maintain a stable negative ionization, which means real science in every bottle. Order your real water today and take advantage of special pricing for this audience only by calling 1-855-REALWTR or visiting buyrealwaternow.com. That's 1-855-REALWTR or buyrealwaternow.com. Order now. 1-855-REALWTR or buyrealwaternow.com. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at ImmuneSupportNow.com. That's ImmuneSupportNow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited.
Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So this is the final segment of our visit with John Olson, but he'll be right back for After the Paracast, which is a special feature of the Paracast Plus at theparacast.plus for more info. You talk about this episode, John, and then... You talk to somebody else who would not be familiar with the first story. Right. So he had had an experience that was 80 miles away from that up in Idaho, 20 years different. He was camping uh, or stopped for the night in, in a canyon, sleeping in the back of his truck, waking up to a light. He gets out. There's a hum. There's a ship drawing water out of the river, sucking it up. Same thing, the hum stops, the light stops, the water drops back in, the ship disappears. The only difference between the two is the first one was a round circular ship, and the other one was a triangular shape ship. But other than that, two people who have never, never met each other 20 years apart had the exact same experience other than the, the shape of the ship. That kind of solidified when I first one, then the other, that uh, these people were telling – to me – telling the truth of their stories. That is super interesting. Okay, we've got these aliens coming down in these ships, UFOs. It's almost as if we're just part of the wildlife. We're incidental to whatever it is that they're ha- they're doing at the time. Like they need to, to get some water, to refill their tanks or whatever it is they're doing. It's just like we might go out into the forest with a canteen or something to fill it up from a stream and we got to get to the stream, we got to fill it up, and that's all there is to that. If there happens to be, you know, a bird's nest or an ant pile over there, well, you know, that that's really inconsequential to us as long as we don't step directly in it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's just amazing of how somebody from another world may look at us and, you know, we're cavemen to them in everything that we're doing. It's interesting that it seemed like a lot of uh, the stories of contact in UFOs increased after uh, we started testing with nuclear weapons. So, Right. Yes, the whole nuclear weapons theme has been uh, definitely one that's been up front and center in the contactee movement. That's for sure. I mean, what do you think of contactees? I mean, we know that some of them have got to be just hoaxers, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's so many, there's got to be some that, that are telling the truth. I guess there's a way of saying that definitely telling the truth, and then those that believe that they're, they're telling the truth, and then there's those that are know they're lying. So somewhere in there, because <laughs> it makes sense. Well, that middle one is one that's really kind of interesting, and it, it's kind of cool that you've noticed that there has to be that spectrum. In other words, if we're thinking the same thing here, it's like, yeah, these people could be having a real experience from some objective outside source or cause, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that the information they're getting is true. Right. But but the overwhelming nature of the experience could be such that they automatically just believe it. Mm -hmm. But you always notice how they come out of these situations with zero evidence, and they don't tell us anything we don't already know. 
It's like, yeah, we know nuclear weapons are bad. You know, we don't need to be a nuclear physicist to figure that one out. You know, tell us something useful that we can do to make things better instead of just giving us these trite lectures on, you know, that we should treat the planet better and and not play with nuclear bombs. Right. Because if you go back to uh, the 60s, I remember reading a book about some of the stuff that went on. They would have big bonfires out out in the desert and and try and contact aliens and talk about stuff like that. And it was really way out there. And you find out later it's connected to, you know, mushrooms that they were taking or something of that effect. And in no way am I discounting anybody who may have had an experience. I'm just saying you've got to have context on each and every story that uh, an abductee has and trying to work through and validate uh, what's going on and and try again with the uh, same with the you know people who investigate bigfoot there's a lot of garbage you have to sift through to find the gold but it's out there so okay but what about people that okay i'm not going to mention the name but there's a there's at least one or two fairly high profile people that have these excursions that they charge people quite a bit of money mm-hmm. to accompany them on out to observe and call down and make contact with aliens. Mm-hmm. And I think you probably know who I'm talking about, but right. I mean, do, you, do you think there's any validity to that? You know, I like you say, I, I, I don't necessarily want to step on any toes or anything <laughs> like that. But I, I when it comes to anything, um, I've always been taught that when something sounds too good to be true and they're charging you for it, you really got to be careful because if I have, it's the same with, there's a lot of groups out there in the Bigfoot field. I know I keep going back and forth, but there's so many similar similarities between the two that charge people to go camping with them uh, because they can call in Bigfoot and they can do this. And, and same with the contacting aliens. And if you really can contact aliens if you can really do that aren't you are you doing a disservice by charging people you know what i mean yeah uh, oh yeah we, we it wouldn't be a commercial enterprise anymore would it really right, right. i mean there, there we we would have you know something a lot more serious going on mm-hmm. yeah and uh yeah so i would definitely be very wary of of, of anything like that i that is such a good point that you yeah. just made there yeah. yeah, we wouldn't see these sort of dog and pony shows, would we? Yeah. You know, if if that was really true, we would have some sort of a, I don't know, if, if the UN would be the right venue or something, but there would be some sort of official presence, right. you would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I went back, I go back to the fact that about, oh, I want to say seven years ago, I was in contact with an individual and he seemed very genuine that he was um, what was called habituating a Bigfoot, you know, had all of these claims. And he said, you know, you can come out and I'll show you. And I said, awesome, because that's right up my alley. And he says, it'll only cost you X amount of money. And then at that <laughs> point, I stopped. I'm like, yeah, no, never mind. Sorry. Yeah, if you want yeah. validation, that's one yeah. thing. If you want money, that's another. <laughs> Do you so. think that Patterson film is real? What's your take on that? A good uh, friend of mine that I've contacted and talked to, he has done a lot with that film, um, highlighting, going through, um, showing muscle movement under the skin. The more that I look at it, the more I have a hard time believing that it could have been faked back then, just because of a lot of the stuff that's that they had back then. You can see the muscle movement underneath. Am I 100% 
you know, positive? No. But if one is real, that's the one that I'm going to choose that's real just because of the things that I've seen, uh, the close-ups and, and, and some of the stuff that he's done with it. Um, I, I really like that one. And like I said, am I going to say 100%? You can never say 100%, but I actually do really like uh, that one a lot. John Olson, we're just about out of time. So I'm going to ask you, take a little time to tell our listeners if they want to know more about all the work you're doing and the work that you're continuing to do, where do they find you? How do you like that? Where do they find you? <laughs> I like it. So you can contact me at my webpage. It's just strangerbridgerland.com. And there you can find how to get my books. My books are on Amazon. There's a Kindle version. There's the softback version. And I am currently in the works of getting them all done on Audible and audiobooks. Stranger Bridgerland, which is my first book, is available on audiobook on Audible. There's a place on my website if you have a story and you want to talk to me to contact me. I love hearing stories and, and meeting with people and, and doing the interviews. You can find us on Twitter if you look for The Paracast. If you look for The Paracast on Facebook, you'll find two places to spend your time. If you point your browser to theparacast.shop, you can find branded merchandise, four different logos. For The Paracast, pick the one you like with all sorts of interesting merchandise from the shirts in many sizes, from Mini-Me to Richard Keel. Richard Keel, if he were alive today. Would have found a shirt that would fit his seven foot two inch frame. Think about that. The Paracast.shop. Also consider the After the Paracast podcast, which will feature John Olson this week with more discussion. You can find that if you check out the Paracast.plus. Just sign up for a subscription. You also get a version of the show that is free of the network ads with enhanced quality audio. For more information about the Paracast Plus, go to theparacast.plus. John Olson, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you guys for having me. This has been so much fun. It's just flown by. Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>